Miller Lite, the official beer partner of your Philadelphia Phillies, is proud to serve as presenting sponsor of WIP's High Hopes Pod. So whether you're listening to the game, catching up on the latest High Hopes Pod, or at the ballpark, remember it tastes like Miller time, Phillies fans. Celebrate responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. We are actually recording in the middle of the evening show, Jack. You you were able to to slide out and slide into the studio with me. I came in, tried to put Zoe to bed. Didn't work out great. She was right. really mad. So Emily's putting Zoe to bed as we speak, or hopefully has gotten her to bed. But we're here. You know why, Jack? Because there's nothing else we'd rather do. Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the evening show is a show that I'm very passionate about. I love the evening show, but I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> and uh, listen, Julio understands. Julio's a baseball He's guy. He's a fan of the high hopes. Yeah. We, he was just a co host when you got yes. your face mauled by a dog that I was did. that was sent by Tell another Phillies well. podcast. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> We're we're looking into it. Yeah, Stoneus, right? Stoneus sent that dog. John, yeah. I thought we were friends. Yeah, it's truly unbelievable. No. John Stoneus, <laughs> one of the great people out there. What do you think of my face? It looks better, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's healing pretty well. Yeah, it's uh, it was looking a little puffed up today. My but. my my wife told me that I was a good healer, and I was like, "How do you know I'm a good healer?" And she's like, "Well, I've been with you for like 11 years and known you for like almost 20. I know you're a good healer." And I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, it's not true." I guess I'm a pretty good healer. So. Well, has she seen you been mauled by a dog before? No, this is definitely the most healing I've ever had to do. Do you yeah. have a routine of getting mauled by dogs? <laughs> no. That we I'm, don't know about? I'm hoping to not make so we've it never, a We've never lied to the I Hope listeners. No. We don't want to start now. No. You do not have a problem getting attacked by dogs. It's not my plan. Okay. I'm, I'm, I I didn't enjoy it. Okay. So let's let's that's say a, no. That's a weird thing to be told. Like, you're a quick healer. Okay. How that's do you what know I that? said. That's why I thought it was weird. Anyway. <laughs> Is it weird? It's weird. It's it's weird. It's weird. Thank you. Well done. All right. Let's talk a little Phillies. Um, Good series against the Cardinals. We said the Phillies cannot sweep a team. They don't do it (laughs) unless it's the Rockies or the first week of the season. It's not happening. But we went into the series saying, hey, take two or three. We'd love a sweep. But they took two or three. And again, for the second time in a row, we'd gotten so used to them losing the first game of a series and then coming back to win the next two. They've inverted that. They're winning the series quickly and then losing the last one. At least they didn't get... Oh, at least they're winning the first game of series now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's a big, at a least big they didn't moment. Get boat raced in the game today, either like the nine to one loss to Milwaukee. But um, general impressions from the series, and then we'll dive into to a little more micro. I mean, we got to start with Bryce, right? Bryce. I mean, my back. man is scorching He's back. I mean, this is exactly. I mean, I He's guess batting two fifty two all of a sudden. All the old two twenty people. Uh oh, James. He raised his average twenty points in three days. It's, it's ridiculous. He, was he eight for twelve in the series. He raised his average 11, 20, 20 points in three days. Now, a lot of that obviously helps because he walks all the time, so sure. it's easy for his batting average to go up and down. Correct. And whatever. At least this early in the season. Correct. Correct. And so because he walks like it'd be harder for Segura to raise his batting average Absolutely. twenty points. Yes. Um, but uh, I mean, go on a tear to do that. Yes. But Bryce, I mean. 
what he's doing now is that he he is getting that foot down early and he is staying closed longer. And what I want this is what I've been waiting to see from Bryce for it feels like two weeks now. Yep. Like like go the opposite way because opposite that's way, baby. that's when it, that's when you know he's getting locked in. And he was just like the fact that he just went ninety seven opposite way and it was like easy. It was it was just impressive from Bryce. Uh, and, and this this is when you know the guy's getting locked in. I mean, going the opposite way, keeping that front shoulder closed. Everything is working timing wise. And listen, the the rest of the offense has just been kind of you know eh. You know, I mean, like they were scorching. McCutcheon's McCutcheon's are great, but like, but on the on the road trip, the rest of the offense was good. Mm -hmm. On the homestand, it was Bryce doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Bryce really carried the team in this homestand. Obviously, Cesar the big hit uh, with Homer in Game One, but otherwise, it's it it was really the Bryce show. What he had four RBI yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think the opposite field thing is really the 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 biggest predictor. Like, if you want to know what Bryce Harper looks like when he's locked in, when he's when he's starting to be locked in, yeah, it's what we saw in this series. Well, I mean, it's the, I mean that the opposite field homer and and the the opposite field he's just taking the ball where it wants to go instead of trying to to force instead of trying to press. It looks like it's just easy for him. Yeah, and I think the one today that he hit off the wall in left field that was Which like I thought was gone. I was like, oh, it's gone. But like that's what that's that's what we're talking about when absolutely. Bryce is absolutely locked in. And, and I was thinking this today when I was you know I, I was down at the ballpark today and eating a little Shake Shack. I, I yeah, I had tried Shake Shack. A little objective Fritz. And let me just say. You loved it. You did the little objective Fritz thing, tweeting out from the uh, press box, being like, "I'm in the press box, but I'm not really in the press box." I just hope both teams play hard. That's all. <laughs> I, was, I was not rooting for either team. I tell you what, man. Like I, I just, I never feel more out alphaed than when I go to <laughs> when I when <laughs> That's I go. Something to, for you to say. I mean, when, as you say, alphas are gonna alpha. You I know? know, but I can't. I cannot do it. I can't do it. Like, cause like I don't want these guys thinking I'm a jabroni. Like I, I kind of stay in the back and try to not to say anything. You gotta go with me. I don't care at all. Yeah, no. Nah, you know me. I I'll walk in any room and just be like, "What up?" I can't do it, man. <laughs> I can't. Like Johnny Almaraz is speaking, and like I know you're shrinking in the corner. You yeah. should ask the question. You didn't ask the question. Well, I know you? none of these beat writers have been watching George Kirby tape. Like, no, I have. of course not. And I, I, like, but if I asked about George Kirby, he would be. He, he can't even answer my questions anyway because they're too in depth. Um, <laughs> um, the, the, the the underlying point, you know, more about George Kirby than the Philly scouting director. <laughs> I was is, I was you know, honestly debating asking him like. Are you guys scared of George Curry because he sounds like a, a '70s middle reliever <laughs> that pitched for 15 seasons? Uh, so, um, but but when I was down there today. Like I was thinking, I feel like Bryce is such a a prideful player, mm-hmm. and I could just kind of tell just watching him that the strikeouts were eating him up a little bit. Like Bryce Harper is the we talk the face of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh since he's been 16 he's been ultra famous. Yep. He is one of the microscope fi- on him all that when stuff. When he's he's the five five most talented players in baseball. Mm-hmm. And when the one of the five most talented players in baseball is striking out at an historic pace with a new contract in a new city when he was the biggest when he was the highest paid player in baseball. Like I just think his pride was kind of like like I'm better than this, totally. And I just, I just feel like we're gonna get this like new level of Bryce Harper being like, "Yo, I'm still Bryce Harper, okay? Like I'm still Bryce Harper." And I think that's what we're starting to see. And that, well, that's what we've been talking about. I'm waiting for and expecting, to be frank, because again, like we've we've said many times, I didn't 
expect Bryce Harper to all of a sudden suck at the age of 26 entering his physical prime. That just wasn't something that was really on the table for me. Like, injuries, sure. Whatever else, sure. Like, him all of a sudden just not being good wasn't something that I, I even gave a 1% chance of happening. Um, I, Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. And I think that the pride thing makes a lot of sense. I think, like we've talked about, just the, the human emotion of it, the idea that that you have all this going on in your life and all this expectation and all this pressure and you're the guy for the first time in your career like you're the face of your team you're like he was always the face of baseball but we talked about it Tom when he was in Washington it, it wasn't his team it was right. Max Scherzer's teams it was those other guys teams here it's his team and and his energy is infectious we've seen it all season long when he's actually raking and man I mean if we had anyone here who hustles around the bases like Bryce Harper in a while I mean well other than Chase, I know. I'm yeah. saying, you know Let's Chase, relax. And we feel like we have to take Chase out of all these. Let's decisions. relax. But We're like, talking about know, the goat but, right there. But that, but that's what I'm saying. It's like that type of feel. Like he's not Chase, but like I, I, find a time Bryce Harper hasn't hustled. Find a time Bryce Harper hasn't given max effort in offensively or defensively. Well, here's the thing: is is the fact that it's your superstar doing that? Like Bryce Harper is your superstar. The it's guy, a tone setting type. The of guy. Thing. Listen, here's this is why this two two things. I love when you do the listen, li- listen, yeah. listen. I want to make sure people are actually I, listening. I, I think they are. Well, they're driving around the car. They're kind of tuning us out. And then they'll oh. be like, listen, they lock what if in. they have their headphones in and they are locked in? <laughs> and they're just like, this was a waste of my time. I was already listening. Uh, well, I think I, we just wasted 30 more seconds than we had to. Um, <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> McCutcheon, cannot call it out. Like McCutcheon, McCutcheon, a couple weeks ago when he was the first one out there, that guy's an MVP. That guy's one of the most respected players in baseball. The fact that he's one of the first guys out uh, getting his work in, making sure he's locked in. There's no excuse for anyone else not to be. Bryce Harper's Game paid three hundred thirty million dollars. Like, and he is he is taking a hustle double to get in the second base there, um, and because Dexter Fowler is is not getting the ball quick enough. Like, if he if he's doing that, what's your excuse not to Absolutely. do that? So it's a it's a. I, the locker room this year feels like a locker room that's holding each other accountable, whereas last year I didn't feel that way. No, absolutely. I mean, it fe- it feels a, like a complete one eighty. It feels like a different locker room. I mean, we didn't see any of the excitement, any of the camaraderie. You know, we've talked about the handshakes and all that, and I, I know that some people think that's like silly or whatever, but it's not. It's not. It, it's part of being on a team. It, it, it stuff matters. Camaraderie matters. Fighting for your brothers matters. And the wave. And what? Yeah. Wow. And the wave. And the wave. Hey, look. I love I, the wave. I, I, you know you don't. Do you no, know? I love it. Really? The wave. Oh, the wave. I was like, no, 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 not the wave. No. Oh, yeah, the wave's great. Yeah, I'm the, not this... a Fortnite guy, but it's fun. Yeah, the like wave. Said, second it's base. better than that thing the Mets did last year where it looked like they were, you know, having a little fun with themselves. Yeah. Well, is that shake weight. It looked like they were using a shake weight. Nice. You know okay. Well, the, the, this team, like last year, it was basically Hoskins on an island by himself yes. trying to lead. Like a guy in his second year trying to lead. <laughs> no, like I know. The only one who would talk to the media after games, he's got like Pat Neshek undercutting him right and left. Right. Yes. It's funny. So in this team, you have, you yeah, have, you have guys. You got yeah. McCutcheon. You got Harper. I mean, Arietta is... Arietta, but less more palatable in that role hey man, with the other guys. Listen, there. I will take Arietta talking to the media if he wins a game. Totally, <laughs> give me eight innings again. Um, we're fine. We're when, good, brother. When he wins and he talks to the media, I love Arietta. When <laughs> when they lose and Arietta loses, I hate when he talks. Well, to the media. it feels like when he talks to the media, it ends up submarining him. He seems to pitch poorly after doing it. So yeah, maybe, maybe listen, it's a sign, Jake. Don't do it. <laughs> the baseball gods know, man. Baseball gods know. All right, uh, let's go through the the pitching performances. In this series, obviously, I mean... Back? Let's talk about it, because <laughs> I, I know there was a real... It felt like there was a divided opinion on it. I, personally, I know that after that first inning, which I'm sure... Uh, here, hold on. Let me be Jack for a second. The weather, he warmed up before... 
who's too amped up. Any others you can throw in there? No, the, the main the, mm, dogs are barking. Do- yes. Um, Back in a major league stadium. That's yeah. Jarring I mean, he's been he's been driving sixty miles a day to and fro from Philly to yeah, Lehigh Valley. Yeah, that's a toll. Did I mention it was raining? You did mention it was raining. <laughs> what I think what I think you were underselling too much is that he got dry humped. You, you you can't just warm up. That was my point. I think that's a big deal, actually. The, the, the biggest deal. It is a big deal, right? I, for pitchers, it is a big deal. Ultimately, I think I was really impressed with the way Pavetta settled him. Gritty? Was it a gritty Pavetta performance? This? Mental fortitude. Was it, was it the How about a little mental fortitude? Mental fortitude. Nicky P. Yeah, listen, never a doubt. He's, <laughs> oh, he's, he's a, a mental giant. That's what yeah. we always said. I mean, that yeah. was never the issue. No, for sure. Um, listen. Mm. I would love to be more excited about the Pavetta start, but like it was, I when he the way when he nibbles and does all that stuff, it's like come on, man. And still the fastball location, it's like how are you a big leaguer and I can spot my fastball better than you? I'm not even lying to you. I can spot my fastball better than him, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> like it drives me crazy. And the, the, here's the thing that drove me the most crazy is that you're you're you're, you're gripping the splitter, right? We all see the grip splitter. We all want to see what the splitter looks like out of your hand. We think you could. Some would say that you could be Kurt Schilling <laughs> if you <laughs> if you developed the splitter and it was the nasty. People saying that are starting to dwindle. Jack. Some some would say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for how he bounced back after the first inning, it was good. Just like I don't know if that's gonna. I don't know if that kind of pitching is gonna last. Like, dude, it, what the Dodgers are gonna? Split. Well, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, He's facing the Dodgers. I right. mean, especially for a guy who already struggles with left-handed hitters. I, I mean. Bellinger, Peterson, Seeger, friggin' I mean, all these guys. They, he's they got, got Muncie. They just got a bunch of left-handed monsters they're going to throw at him or just going to eat him alive. He's going to throw 40 pitches in two innings. They're going to eat him alive. Yeah. But, like, it was... 40 pitches in two innings. 40 pitches in one inning. 40, 50 pitches in two innings. Okay. He... It was good. It was fine. We saw we saw what like there's a very a, measured take from you. There's a reason why we all keeping it real here. Well, there's a real because like I can't lie to <laughs> off of what I saw. Not but, to the eye of No, listen. I can't. I can't. I can never do that. But um, like it was good. It was a good. It was fine. And there's there's so, there's stuff to believe in. I guess curveball. I thought he had the best control he'd had on the season. Curveball like really. It good. was it was pretty nasty there. He did retire. Like that's what's so frustrating about him. It's like he'll give up the home runs and then retire like a ten straight in a row. or whatever. And then he'll go back and he'll all of a sudden lose the strike zone and then exhale his way out of an inning. Yeah. And look, um, five innings isn't good enough. I, just on a, a basic level, however he settled in or whatever, you need more from that guy. You need more from this rotation in terms of innings. Especially right now, with a literal mat, they might call Jack Fritz up to be in the bullpen. I mean, that's where we're at. There's called up Cole Irvin. What's the we, difference? We forgot about Yaxel <laughs> Rios. I forgot he existed again. I, he's got stuff, Yaxel. No, I don't. I, he's he's bad. Between the uh, the ears <laughs> issues, he's there, ba- he's just bad. He's, he's just bad. He's not it. Um. All right. So a less effusive than expected response on Pavetta. It was fine. Okay. But it was fine. It was still 100 pitches in five innings, and it was still frustration. And yeah, okay. And nibbling. <laughs> but, and like, here's the thing if you're going to flash the splitter, throw it. Yeah. He didn't even throw it. Yeah, that's weird. We couldn't even get tantalized by it. I love that you're like eyeing in on the, the, the hand grips and being like, oh. are you going to throw that splitter, man? Come on, I man. I was locked in. That's all That's all I wanted to see. He could allow He could allow 10 runs. If he threw one nasty splitter, I would be more in today. All right. Aaron Nola, I uh, personally, I, I thought, look, he looked really good. I We've talked about this a lot just off the top, the concept of when you're up 7-1, then 11-1, whatever it is, sometimes you're not going to get the most competitive at-bats from opponents who might not necessarily be 
all invested, but what did you think and what did you see from Nola? Personally, I think that was the that was the best Nola's thrown this season, and that's been the most impressed I've been by Nola this season. Um, and because what w- what was frustrating with Nola so far this year has been that he would get to the sixth or to the seventh. Yeah, he got through seven, which but, was nice, and it was like a. It was like he started grooving it through the seventh. He started. He started to get into a nice little rhythm there. I have not seen that kind of rhythm in the fourth through seven innings since last year, since 2018. So uh, that was really, really good. Fastball command wasn't perfect, but I do think like the umpire was some egregious. Like uh, the whole series. I mean, the umpire today with Eikhoff, yeah. what was unbelievably horrendous. Yeah, One egregious. of the worst in a while. I mean, it, I, we say it a lot. I. I I genuinely feel like across baseball, this is the worst dumping I've seen in a long time. Home play dumping, at least. I thought it was a pretty brutal series, all yeah. just, uh, just from a balls and strike standpoint. Um, but I thought Noel's fastball got a little better at the game. The, the curveball has been good for the last couple starts. Curveball's been good, especially you know certain times. It, it it's the curveball we've seen. The the big thing was the changeup. I mean, his changeup was disgusting like absolutely disgusting it was dancing all over the place he would throw one that would move like a two-seamer but at 86 miles an hour he'd throw one that just drop off the table um right under ready's bats like that was disgusting so if he if he goes the, the that pitch being back to where it was the getting through the seventh getting into a rhythm in the four through seven as the game went on getting stronger as the game went on i think that's a huge positive for him it was nola weather yesterday i mean it was it, it was, was impressive. humid man it was yeah. it was very it was hot it was hot <laughs> did not. that's what he does he just needs humidities it's it's but he didn't need that last year that's the weird part no yeah and look he did have a very good may i think like a two seven three era or something like that in the month yeah of but may. Th- i i know i know the numbers overall but it still wasn't Nola. i agree with you i agree with you look He's got a 4-180 ERA on the season, which you would actually think it feels like it should be slightly higher than that. Um, 6-0, which is... All that matters! You want to talk about why Windsor... So he's actually better than last year. <laughs> That's why he's better than last year. 6-0! Well, it is nice to think that if he can reel off, rail off like a 10-start, just dominant stretch, that he could be in the Cy Young competition because he didn't miss out on all those wins before. And you know how much I love wins, Jack. So, do you know... Other than last year when they gave it to DeGrom with like eight. Do you, uh, <laughs> speaking of DeGrom, do you know that if he got four runs a game, he would have been 30-0? Yeah, I saw that stat. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, last season, obviously. Last yeah. season, he would have been thirty and thirty and oh. Uh, uh, if we're talking about pitcher wins, which is the only way you should ever evaluate a pitcher <laughs> ever, uh, Nick Pavetta three and one in the season. Yes. So, um, so it was so Nick. Fun. My favorite part of that night was 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 Pavetta's pitching, right? And of course, everyone like the first two innings, it was just freaking right at you. Oh my god, oh it was brutal. But I go home, of course, have some beers. And I start tweeting at every single one of them. <laughs> and I'm like, three and one. You're like, three and screw one. it. Three, three and one. one. <laughs> three and one. That's awesome. Yeah, did it's you just at least like, copy and paste it, or did you actually go to the effort of typing? No, I, I did the effort. Oh, wow. Yeah, I replied back. That's to aggressive, man. Yeah, I was upset. And like and that. and John Johnson, who is now banned from this podcast and never allowed to even talk about high hopes. Okay, I he, like that. I he, didn't. I I, I he, had nothing to do with this, but I co-sign it. If Jack needs to ban someone, I yeah, support well, it. John Johnson's We're a team. When this comes to this, this comes to this thing, John Johnson, the dog that attacked me, banned from this podcast. John Stolness, who sent that dog after you, <laughs> banned from this podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, um, just kidding. We love he that. allegedly <laughs> allegedly sent the dog after you. Um, Can you imagine if someone sent a dog after me over up like a podcast dispute. That would be listen, some dark. I wouldn't dark doubt. Stuff. I wouldn't doubt Stolness. Oh man, it's like the last person on the planet. I know. Do I know. Um, but John Johnson tweeted me like, "You really want to die on this hill?" And I I responded back at 
one thirty in the morning. I said three and one of the season. I don't know what you're watching. Guy just wins. <laughs> so if so facto banned for the podcast, John Johnson. Done. See you, John. <laughs> Hate to see it. Sorry, buddy. I mean, I, I like you. Got it. Got to support <laughs> Got to support my goes here. All right, we'll get to the pen. By the way, hold on. Speaking of the Cardinal series, I did produce two Randallays. Oh, dude, tell me about it. The, the, I had, I had, to, I was up to like one in the morning the other two nights ago. I was like, dude, right. This is awesome. Everyone's like, oh, Randallay is fun. And then me so and James are like, three, no. And I was like, it was just, I was screwed. I had no sleep that night. Yeah. So anyway, fun stuff. Um, all right, before we get to the pen, how much longer can Jared Eikhoff keep giving up home runs before mm. he's not going to be a part of this rotation anymore? Because it wasn't an awful start today. I mean, six and a third, four earned, but like, the home runs, man. Marcelo Zuna, that one was your fault. Both of them? Yeah, both in the series. Dude, that guy that, that guy would win the MVP if he played in the stadium. <laughs> all right, he's so, unbelievable here. He's I, unbelievable it here. It's crazy. The guys are ridiculous. Um, so, Eikhoff, listen, I, I thought he settled into a nice little groove today. Uh, obviously, the two home runs or whatever happened made it for a four-run game or 4-2 game. Um, but they just don't have anyone else. I mean, I know. you have no one else you can put in there until they make a trade and supposedly, supposedly they're going to make, they're going to be aggressive right after the draft. That's so, what we're hearing. So watch yes. out. Bumgarner for, is on the table, all that stuff. Which is cool. Get him now. What, what, I mean, if you're going to get him at the deadline, like why, first of all, why allow there to be a, a bunch more teams involved? But why would the Giants do it is my main thought. Exactly. That's, I wouldn't do it if I was the Giants. I agree with you. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, Give him a strong offer and say, let's just do this. You know, yeah. far, far on's too smart to far really on's too screw smart. this up. But, but uh, yeah, no, and they don't, they don't have another option. And where I'm at with Eikhoff, pretty much outside of Nola and mostly Arietta, is like, we have a bunch of four and five guys. Yeah, an like, Eflin. You're an Eflin guy. I'm, F, I'm an Eflin guy. And hopefully but he is like a four. He's a de facto reality. three because yes, of this rotation. he's a four. But he's probably a four on a good rotation. Absolutely. So, and listen, this. Five, four runs in five innings is going to happen if, if Jared Eikhoff's your five starter. It just yes, is. Like, he doesn't throw, he doesn't throw hard enough and he has to be perfect. We talked about it. Uh, I'm not ready to run Jared Eikhoff out the building. It's just that they don't have another option until they make a trade, which I, they need a, like, they need a starter. Yeah. There's well, no, I there's no need, doubt about it. They need both. I mean, especially with the way the injury bug has hit this pen. I mean, you need another arm. I mean, you need, um, obviously, look, Robertson looks like Tommy Hunter. Might pitch this season. Yeah, I was surprised by that. No, it seems like potentially there. He's picked. Up, I mean, Victor Arano is going under I mean, elbow Ar- surgery. Arano is yeah, arthroscopic, but still, I think not expecting Arano no. back. But you know, who knows? Adam Morgan. You hope that's just kind of a maintenance. Well, thing. Uh, let me just trains are scary. Well, let me just say it was it was definitely precautionary. Okay, that Gabe was Gabe was talking about how he wanted to bring him in the game, and 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 Morgan's like, eh, I'm not sure. He could have brought him in if he needed to bring him in. Okay. But Morgan's like, ah, let's just not. They want to get checked out, and it's strictly precautionary. Okay. So he will be, then, he will be back. Okay. Thank God, because we need him uh, Yeah, we need and him. And then Nishak, you know, it, oh, who knows with Nishak in the arm? Like, we'll see. You you figure this injury itself is not that serious, but he is an old guy who's creaky, and you can't count on. I can't believe he's either. 38. Yeah, he's 38, man. He's my age. I know. You don't see many baseball players my age. Yeah, Jack. you just got bit by a dog. I know. But you did this next podcast. You didn't go on the IL. Well, you only missed one. You would him out for freaking the rest of the year. Yeah, the Bruce Digo. Yes. So I think they do need. I agree with you. I think ultimately, I think that. It's more important that they get a, a high-level starter or someone they can slide into that 2-3 type of role than it is to add an arm in the pen, but I really think they need both. I 
they the perfect trade is a Will Smith and Will Madison Smith, Bumgarner. It's, it's 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 on a platter. It's so per. Just go get those guys. Now the thing is, obviously, that it's a one year deal. Yes. Are you going to go? Both free agents at the end of the year. That, are you going to? Both is, are. Is it the right time to go in? And that's the question. I know. But Do he, I really want to give up one of these guys in the minor leagues or two of these guys for a rental on this team? It's a great question. It's the it's, ultimate question. Well, because because would you say like it does Madison Bumgarner and Will Smith and then a bench bat or whatever else they do or a center fielder who's a defensive guy who cut whatever does that make you better than the Dodgers? That's why you have to look at it because because I think you get to the World Series and you take a shot. You could beat the Astros in a seven game series. You never know. I think if you say all right, this makes us the best team in the National League, I can understand going for it. I mean, you've got talent. You've got. I look. I know you're a window guy, but like window has to start at some point. Like, why not start now? You're the best team in the National League East, a division that you thought was going to be four teams deep. Looks like it's just going to be two teams deep, and you're, you're the second best record in the National League. Like, why wouldn't you? I get it. Like, you don't want to give up the farm for it, but at the same time, I mean, like, we don't know if Adonis Medina is going to be a star. We don't know if Spencer. Oh. I mean, I really like Spencer Howard. He's hurt right now, but I really like Spencer Howard. I'm cool. I'm. Let me just say this. I I thought about this the last couple of days of guys who I don't want to touch or I don't want to touch guys who I'm cool. I I, I don't want to give away Boom in in any deal. See, I feel like Luis Garcia and Spencer Howard are really the only two people I wouldn't. Give. Dude, you're not giving away Boom, man. I don't think I would. Look, I wouldn't want to. But if you tell me Boom plus mediocre stuff will get me those guys I would it would be something I'd have to think about for a half season of Madison Bumgarner no you could resign Will Smith you could resign Madison Bumgarner no I mean, you could, but... Look, I mean, the, the Giants are probably getting more than that. Boehm is not... Boehm's what? Like a top 60 prospect? Only because, he, only because he had a bad last season. Okay, so what do you think his, his ceiling is? Top 30 prospect? Well, who baseball? cares about prospect rankings? I mean, Reese Hoskins was a top 60 prospect. Fair. I'm just talking generality in terms of the type of player that will headline a package from Madison Bumgarner is going to be a top 30 or top 40 prospect in baseball. We know the way these things work. Machado got that last year. Oh, Machado... Shadow is better. Sure, but Bumgarner's the only starting pitcher on the market who is hot, super high end and has shown that he can be a playoff superstar. I think I mean, the, he's the only guy on the market. I think the only guy I'm putting Bowman in a deal for is Felipe Vasquez. See, I would I, I get that because of, you know, you've got him for a while and he's such a dominant arm at the end of your pen, but Man, I I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't give up Bohm for for Va- Vasquez. I don't want to put Bohm any in any deal. I right. I would put Hazley's getting close. Probably not though. Like I would if I think he might be a center fielder by the end of the season. We'll we'll get to that. But if if you're telling me Hazley and Medina and something else for Baumgartner and Will Smith, I would do that. Okay. All right. So we've set the line where we're at. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how Moniak. I would prefer to give up Moniak, but obviously, here's the thing. Again, Farhan Zaidi is really smart, and I think the Giants are not going to get played in this situation. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams interested. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that want Madison Bumgarner's services because, again, he is no doubt, unless there's a surprise pitcher on the market, like some team with a a controllable starter wants to restock their prospects or whatever like, we're not seeing coming. Like like what the Chris Archer idea of the Chris Archer trade was before Chris Archer turned out well, there's no to one not like, be as good. There's but, no one like Archer, but like Boyd, Minor, Stroman. Those types of guys, sure. I um, would give up. I, I tell you what, man. I may rather have Miner than than Bumgarner. Wow, dude, Miner's so been great. good. But I, uh, dude, I I, I look, do want to take a shot. on And if you're making this trade, you're making it because, as we discussed, you're saying, "All right, I have a chance to win the World Series this year." 
And if you ask me who do I want pitching game two of the World Series, Mike Miner or Madison Bumgarner, I'm going to say Madison Bumgarner. I, I understand. No, probably. Yes, absolutely. I, I understand. The guy's a World Series hero. I mean, I, what, what are we talking about? And it's still good. Like, it's not like he's falling off a cliff. Uh, he, he he did not pitch well against the Marlins All a couple right, nights ago. He had ago. a bad start against the Marlins. He he's had good starts, too. He looked great against the Dodgers last time he faced them. I'll take a guy who can pitch well against the Dodgers. He hasn't walked Tim Tebow. Nick Nick Pavetta did that. <laughs> That's true. So we'll, 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 did, did he pass the Tebow test? He <laughs> no, sure did. Man. But let me... I, let, I agree with you on Bumgarner just because I want to take a shot on what playoff Bumgarner would look like. Exactly. But, 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 Mike Miner this year, 9.2 strikeouts per nine, 2.8 walks per nine. That's good. He's a 2.55 ERA. Um, he is, he's only allowed 58 hits in 72 innings. Uh, like, look, I like Mike Miner. I'm not, I'm not crapping all over the idea of trading for Mike Miner. If they trade for Mike Miner, I will. Laud it. ERA I, plus sure. is 193. He's, he's a really good pitcher. I'm, I'm, I would be fine with Mike Miner. I'm just saying if I have to choose between the two for a guy who's going to help me win the World Series, I'm going to take him out. Plus, you have him for this year and next year. We should put up a poll. We'll put up a poll on the house. But I guess the I actually, context is important. I actually do think, I think Bumgarner, I think Miner would m- probably cost you more in a, tra- in a trade. I don't know if he would. Mm. I know what you're saying just because he has an extra year of control, but I, I don't know if he would. I don't know if you would. Mm, he's cheaper. Well, let's you see wouldn't have happens. to re-sign him. I, would, I, and, I, I feel incredibly confident both Mike Miner and Madison Bumgarner will get traded yes. before the deadline, so we'll see which package is bigger. <laughs> nice. Hey-o. Uh, I'm, trying Hey-o. To think, I'm trying to think of extra pieces in a, in a possible Miner deal, because I don't want to do just Mike Miner. Like, I want to get something else. That's the problem. The Rangers don't have a ton of exciting stuff, not a lot of ton of bullpen arms. Well, Hunter Pence? Uh, uh, dude, Hunter Pence <laughs> has been great. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but Hunter Benz has been a stud. He went down to Germany. <laughs> he went yeah, to Germany and figured that it out. Sense. That uh, makes sense. One, one, one thing I would find interesting, and I, I would definitely explore it just because just I want to see if he's actually bad. Jose Dishields Jr. Jose Leclerc. Yeah, look, he was their closer coming into the season. And now he's their opener. He's not pitching. Yeah, he's not good. He's had a, a like ERA in the eight range or whatever. It's crazy. Because Jose Leclerc was disgusting last he year. He was awesome. They got uh who's the guy they got? They got one reliever who I like a lot and I can't I'm, his name is escaping me right now. But regardless, I, I look, I, I either way, I think we can agree the Phillies are need to go out and get a starting pitcher. I think they know that. I think they're at a point oh, where they Yeah. Know. I mean w- right now you have Noel start a playoff series and then it's Arietta and then it's I get it's Eflin. But then it's like you're in trouble. You need a game four starter. You have no. You don't have a game four starter. And you, you don't. Know tr- you the and you don't trust any of those guys in a playoff series. Exactly. Uh, all right. Who do you? So, is it? Is it? Is it? Is it Sean Kelly? You like? No, former national. Yeah. No, it's a guy who I'd never heard of before this year, but who's been awesome for them. Uh, Chris, Chris Martin? Martin. Thank you. Yeah, I was just about to say Coldplay guy. Chris Martin. He's been awesome. And I've I've seen him pitch a couple times on the back. It's like yeah. he's pretty nasty, Chris Martin. Like that dude's good. But I don't see any reason why they trade him. He's a young, controllable rece- reliever who they have for multiple years. I would assume. So yeah. All right. Um, that was fun. That was an unexpected little just trade banter talk. Yeah. Well, Came because because this team. I mean, because they need to make trades. And we see we see. I think we see the potential of this team. I mean, this team right now. I think we trust the offense to to do. A, a good enough to win a ball game to put you in a, in a position to win. I mean, even today they scored three runs, but there were. I mean, Cesar of the unlucky. I mean, he ripped that ball totally, and it, like there was a potential for a lot more. They fought back today, which was nice too. They didn't just some of these games, like the Brewers game, game three. They just uh, see what I did there, game three. Uh, <laughs> you know, they'll just lie down and and be flat once they realize the other team really wants to win that game. We didn't see that today, which was nice. Right, and I there was a moment there where I was like, I thought they were going to do it. I was like, oh, buddy, I know. Let's go. 
Yo, rip John Gant apart. Let's go. That guy, by the way, if I, you always hate on John Gant. Well, he's gonna blow out his arm. He's, he's there's no chance he's gonna be healthy. He just he he cuts off all his momentum and like whiplashes. Your arm's gonna his arm's gonna fall apart. I'm just telling you. Like <laughs> okay. the, the Cardinals should get rid of Jack, him. As fast Jack as, Jack Fritz prediction. It's gonna, it's gonna fall. I mean, I'll probably mush him. It'll be like a Cy Young winner next year. But like, I he's gonna fall apart. All right. So with the excitement about this team, in one second, let's get to the Dodgers series really quickly with the bullpen. Uh, more of the same, no doubt. Naris, we don't really need to get into that. Too easy. I, we don't, he's so easy. We don't have to talk. We about don't have him. to talk about him. He is locked down. Uh, two guys, I want your opinion. You talked a little bit about Edgar Garcia last time, but um, yo, know, an inning and two thirds the other night looked pretty good in that. Yeah. And then, and then the real person I want your opinion on, JD. I need high leverage hammer. Hammer time. Yeah, give me high leverage hammer. Uh, He's looked great so far. Uh, what have you seen? Do you, do I, look, to my eye, he looks really good. I mean, the mid nineties. Slider looks really good. The slider is better than I expected. I yeah, didn't, I didn't it's a think, good slider. I didn't think it was this good of a slider. He just he looks like he looks like a, a guy. That, yeah, he looks they, like a reliever guy. Right. He looks like that's a reliever guy. And he's quirky and yes, very boring interview. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he was pretty boring. He also sounds like he's five years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that guy. Yeah. But it was pretty funny because you through Jim Jackson as your proxy did say that he should. Tell him that he should use Wild Thing as his song instead of Hammer, uh, MC Hammer. Yeah, but then he came out. He came out first to like Numb by Lincoln Park, which is bad. That's and then in the second one was the second one was Everybody Dance Now. It's a trap. What are they doing? No, that was last night. They even care? I don't know. That's a fa- that's the fairest question you've ever answered this they podcast. Got a guy named JD Hammer with who glasses. Has the freaking Wild Thing glasses. And you're not gonna go with either the Hammer or the glasses theme or the Wild Thing theme, like. Gotta rip you, Phillies. Have you guys, have you in the Midday Show, have you guys started thinking about Beat the Hammer or something with the Hammer? I've thought about 8,000 different things between JD the Hammer and Joe DeCamera Hammer. Yes. Yes, I can't wait for it. Me Um, too. But I I just think, I think he's, I want to see what he looks like in a high leverage situation. He hasn't pitched in a big moment yet, but just from watching him, he looks like he's calm out there. He looks like he's totally composed. And that slider is better than I thought. It's a wipeout slider when he gets on top of it and drives it down because it just, it's, it's nasty. I mean, when you're getting, when you're getting pitching ninja gifts already. Yes. That's a great point, actually. Three appearances in. That's a big moment for you. Um, And then you combine that with 95. It's, he he's something. I, I think he might save this bullpen. Like I think he's one of those wow. guys. Oh, he could. Is the because point. he's who, one of those guys who could come out of nowhere, like Sir Anthony last year. Like not to that level, but someone who you're not expecting to get anything from, and all of a sudden he's pitching you to a mid twos ERAs in big spots. By the like, way, Sir Anthony finding it a little bit. He looked like he is, baby. Yeah, I think I think we're about to see the real we Sir got Anthony. A, we got a second inning of Sir Anthony. It worked. Miracle. <laughs> sure I was did. like, what is happening? I was he, like, what, what world am I living in? He got saved by a horrible home plate <laughs> yeah, umpire. He got lucky. It worked out, though. No, I well, will take it. Um, all right, let's look ahead to the Dodgers, because I, I think, look, it's only June 1st coming up here, May 31st today, that, um, you know, or May 31st tomorrow, May 30th today. Uh, but coming up on June 1st, so it's still obviously very early in the season, but safe to say the biggest series of the season from a n- like national baseball standpoint for the Phillies in the sense that it's the two best teams in the National League right now. Biggest series since the 2012 na- uh, Astros series? I love that we, we <laughs> I love to keep going back to the 
biggest series, like biggest series since 2011. We could do this all year. It's great. Biggest series since the 2012 Astros series <laughs> in the what was it August of of 2012? Was that for draft picks or something? <laughs> no, that was no 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 oh, no that was no. Before they were out of it in 2012, they were right in it, and then were they got they? swept by a hundred oh, loss yeah, Astros I team. That. I remember that. I remember if that. They, if they like split, they're right in it. I remember that. Yeah. I remember I was like my first week at college and I was like, oh my God, this is depressing. Depressing. Yeah. And then I never went back to college. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, listen. All right, Dod- the Dodgers are really good. We're missing Ryu, which is nice because he's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. I think he's got like a one six five ERA. Um, and we are missing Walker Bueller, which I know you're sad you don't get to see him pitch. Yeah. But uh, we, I think we get Maeda in game one, Kershaw game two, Rich Hill game three. Here's the thing. You look at well, those. Well, it's still... To be determined for the next two. All right. What I saw was Maeda game one, Kershaw game two, Rich Hill game three. Uh, yeah. I mean, on the probables, it doesn't have anything yet. So I'll go with what you said. Uh, well, it's Why is it probably, the, What's the point know. of this? I don't know. Uh, one thing I noticed in looking at the Dodgers, and we'll get to the offense in a second, but with those three guys and really the team in general, they don't walk anybody. Have you noticed this? I mean, I think everyone except Maeda of their starters has a walk rate in the 4% range. Uh, Ryu's only walking 1.7% of the batters he faces because that's, you know, disgusting. But they're all guys who are in the 25% K rate range and 4% walk range. It's a bad matchup for this Phillies team, a team that does like to go up and, you know, work some counts. Yeah, and the lefties. I mean, they got left. Yeah, and they have lefties. And they have lefty bats to face our righties. It's a a horrendous (laughs) match. We said this, we said this, like, I don't know, maybe a month ago. It was like a a Phillies Dodgers uh, NLCS is like, a disaster for it's, this it's team. It's the worst nightmare. They, 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 it's a perfectly bad matchup for this Phillies team. The Phillies are heading... Let's just put this in perspective for one second. The Phillies are heading into Los Angeles, a, a lineup with Jock Peterson, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncy, all these lefties. Yes, Co- Corey, Corey Seager. Seager, yes. Their lefties out of the bullpen are going to be Jose oh, Alvarez and nobody. And Cole Irvin. Oh, yeah, Cole Irvin, yeah. yeah. 84 miles an hour Cole Irvin. Oh, God. Listen, I don't, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. Just take one. That's what I said. <laughs> I swear to God, someone, uh, uh, Christina on Twitter, I don't remember uh, the handle, but Christina on Twitter tweeted, I was like, not excited to face the Dodgers. And she's like, oh, like, it'd be great if we take two or three. Uh, she's like, oh, like two of three would be okay. I'm like, two or three would be a miracle. I'm like, I'm hoping we don't get swept. That's my philosophy on this. Don't get swept and I'll be happy. We're going to the World Series if they're taking two or three from this team. It's, and it's the, on. This, we're we're going to be insufferable on Monday's podcast if they take two or three from the Dodgers. The scariest part about this Dodgers team is that they, they're now starting to develop that belief at home where like they're just not going to lose. Yep. Like that game last night. Was crazy. I mean, Of course, who gets the winning hit? Cody Ballinger. Yeah, well, he's amazing. He's amazing. He's bank three seventy eight. I know, and it's freaking June first. Um, uh, and, twenty homers. And side tangent for yeah, one second. Uh, Noah Syndergaard <laughs> is the biggest baby in professional sports. You know, he's like, oh, I think the I think the the Dodgers knew what was coming. I I loathe Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, he's, um, he's definitely he, weak sauce. Uh, I just I can't stand he him. A lot. I can't stand him. Learn how to th- do a pickoff throw. I I back. do. I I I will forever thank the Mets for trading Jared Klenic. Um, who unbelievable kids just say he's like a top 20 prospect in baseball 19 years old has an OPS of 955 <laughs> in single A for, for 96 million dollars worth of Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz Eddie who, Diaz who is I can't believe he's this bad no but he's better than this This is, I, I'm not out on Edwin Diaz neither really am I talented. neither am I but this te- they thought this team was going to compete for the division and trading for your best prospect and a prospect that you absolutely need for uh, a closer <laughs> it's crazy. Well, it it could it could come back to be one of those trades if Kalenic 
becomes anything close to what he can be, it could be one of those trades where people look back and be like, wow, that is an all-time bad trade. All of this just to block the Phillies from getting him. That's awesome. Thank you. It's cool. Worked out. I'm yeah. Happy. I wonder, well, if you look back on it, it was probably going to, well, no, it, was pro- it probably was not six, though. It was probably Howard. Well, it would have, it would, I, it, the point is, is it probably would have stopped them from doing the Romuto trade. And that's the yes. real, which is like, thank God. I will take JT Romuto over Edwin Diaz and whatever else every day, yeah. all the time. Yeah, so. just from that. And just watching it again this weekend, the guy's just a quarterback. Oh, he's so great. He just feels like a leader out there. He feels like he's got it. And, uh, and that's awesome. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the Dodgers other than the fact they're a bad match and we hope we can win a game? Uh, actually, I like the way they match up the first two games. I mean, Arietta and Eflin, I feel good about those guys. I like that Arietta is the first one out there. It is a tough spot. The getaway day into the West Coast game the next day, it's a it's tough. Like but, that's not easy. But is it's a night game at Dodger Stadium. Sure. Ball not traveled. Um, Arietta, you know, I mean, he threw a no hitter in that stadium once. So oh, is that where he threw his no hitter? He threw one of them there. One of his two, I mean, yeah. Yeah, the one was in Pittsburgh, or the one was in Cincinnati, and the other one was in, huh. in Los Angeles. Good knowledge out of you. Yeah. I think Utley was the last guy he got out. Look I'm pretty you. sure. Just pretty pulling sure. nuggets out. Hmm. That's what I do. It's uh, good work. Um, but it's, it's, it's a pitcher's park, especially a night ball doesn't travel. Uh, I, feel, I feel good about a, a ground ball Jake um, in that scenario. Eflin, again, I, I, the, the three and two thirds I think was a bit misleading against the Brewers. Um, I, I think felt like they were just like, all right, we're, we don't need to keep Eflin out here. For yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, just, we'll let that. Uh, the, the problem is, is that if – Listen, I don't know if you, if many people in this podcast that listen to this podcast are able to do this, but if you could maybe take out a mortgage on your house and put it on the Dodgers on Sunday, <laughs> I'm not even, tr- I'm not even trying to reverse jinx. Nick Pavetta is going to get absolutely destroyed on Rich Sunday. Rich Hill's the kind of pitcher will throw seven perfect innings against the Phillies. Too. Yeah, <laughs> he'll start, he'll start breaking and balling yep. them to death. Yep, and 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 Pavetta. I, if he makes it to the third, it's an upset. Oh, man. I'm not even. I'm not even. Long, like, I'm not even trying to reverse jinx. I can tell you look very serious right now. This is not a joke. Take out a small mortgage <laughs> or a loan or your kid's college tuition okay. someone, and put them on the as Dodgers. As someone who has a mortgage, as someone who has a kid, I have neither. Don't listen to Jack. Don't do that. But I'm with him. That but, if you want to, if you want to place after some on the Dodgers, I think it's a good bet. The point is, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You got anything in the uh, the the Fritz bag you want to unload before we get to final thoughts? Um, yeah, let's talk about Hazley. Um, yes, I think there's a. I'll say this: I think there's a realistic chance he's going to be up here quicker than people think. Sure, and I think the Odubel situation might even accelerate it. I think so too, and I don't think there's. I don't think that was a coincidence as to why he got brought up I so quickly. With you, the fact that he went right to AAA there, I think that was not a coincidence at all. Because I don't think they want to do the Kingery thing in center field. Right. Um, I think they feel comfortable with Cutchin if they want to do it. I don't think, I mean, I don't want to do it, but listen. I think Scott Kingery might be your everyday third baseman by the end of That's yeah, the point, is that they have to fix either center field or third base because Franco's not it. Um, <laughs> you think? And um, uh, by the way, I, I didn't see the, t- the TV broadcast, like, missed the whole thing. Because were you watching the game last night? So yeah, the, like, I was watching on TV. Right, so the Kingery home run happened, but they missed the Franco home run because yeah, it was so Fra- quick. You, well, you saw the end of it. You saw it like kind of like going to the stands. Dude, he, he took 30 seconds to get around the bases and like bat flipped. <laughs> oh my God. And it was like, what are you doing? I saw the bat flip on the replay. They showed a replay with the bat he flip. He took like 30 like, some seconds. Like an 11-1 game or whatever. At that point, I guess like a 7-1 game. It's like, what are you doing, buddy? Absolutely crazy. Um, So they, they got to fix one of those positions. You you. You can't you can't fix all the holes in this team in one deadline. Like it's just not realistic. So, um, Hazley first game went three for four. 
Um, he went over four in Triple A. In Triple yes. Yeah, he went three for four in his first game. He went over four today. Uh, don't be surprised if he's up here sooner rather than later. Um, question for you: Who answer? Uh, uh, bec- between Andrew McCutcheon and Ronald Acuna Jr., who has a higher F WAR? I'm guessing because <laughs> you're asking the question. It's Andrew McCutcheon. It's Andrew McCutcheon. Wow. Higher F four. How about that? Now Acuna has a higher baseball reference. Yes, and Acuna is also twenty one years old. Yeah, yeah. The point is, <laughs> is Ronald Acuna stinks, and McCutcheon's back. I have an Andrew McCutcheon thought coming up in the final thoughts. So, Fritzy. um, okay, I'll save my other thing for the final thought. Final thought. Now to do it. Yeah, that's so what I have I'm to unload your final thoughts. So, so I have to unload it. the mailbag and then do the final thought. Yeah, that's what we do. Okay, that's what we do every time. Okay, um, or you can add to the. You can do multiple final thoughts. You, this is all your thing. You have like complete control over this. The combination of emptying the Fritz bag and then the final thought is whatever you choose. Deem, but really, there's the, no difference. Of course not. But the final <laughs> thought holds some weight. It holds some power. So it's really like. I personally would be a save the best for last guy. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Well, how about this? I will do one more emptying of the mailbag. Good. And then I'll do my final thought. I like Does it. that sound good? It sounds great. My final thought. This is important, by the way. It's not semantics. This matters. Okay. Go ahead. My final thought, or my my your final mailbag final thought, thought. Your final, final. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is that, is that there are, there are whispers that Jackson Rutledge maybe Maybe falling to the Phillies really? at 14. Is this possible? Oh, you might be talking to Kylie McDaniel, but we'll see. maybe not. <laughs> we'll see. Well, Potentially Kylie McDaniel and Jack Fritz at the end of this podcast. Who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's one to determine by 9 o'clock tonight. Um, but there, there's whispers that Jackson Rutledge may be falling. and Which maybe, would be a big deal. I've r- seen him mock to like 8, 9 general range. Or right, right, right. So if, if they came out of this draft with George Kirby or Jackson Rutledge, I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, Johnny Almaraz did talk today about the rarity of finding a good lefty in the draft. And Kyle Thompson's the best lefty, but he does have elbow issues. And he's pretty, he's pretty disgusting, but he, the, a lot of people have him going to the Mets at 12, which would be so Mets of shaking out with arm injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rutledge is a lefty too, right? That's the idea? No, Rutledge is a 6'8 six, six, righty. Righty. Huge. Yeah, Kirby's a righty too. Yeah, this is, there's Kirby, him are righties. They're both college arms. And then there's the, there's the under slot guys, which would be Gunnar Henderson, which is a shortstop. Right. Eh. Okay. Like I don't love the I don't love the high school shortstop. He looks unathletic to me, but that's just me. And then the other one that I want to mention, there, there's a couple of talks about going under slot for this third baseman from Tulane, uh, who who looks fine. But I don't I don't know. I don't like the, I, I don't. I actually want a pitcher. I'm usually a draft bats and sign pitchers guy generally, but when you lose drafted a pitch in a while, man. and when you lose Sixto, I want to see him come back with a with a, a high upside arm. And I don't I don't love the idea of going under slot when you don't have a second round. pick. I agree with you on that. I really agree with you. They don't have a second round pick. Don't go under slot. Don't be cheap. All right. Final thought. Final thought is that Reese Hoskins this year against lefties is batting 289 with a 450 OBP and an OPS over 1,000. We did it. Off of his career, his career batting average against lefties now is 209 with an 813 OPS. So that we did that, right? Yes. Okay. It was us. It was not. I just want to make sure that it was us. I feel like it was us. It was not Reese putting in extra work in the cage or whatever. It was strictly us mentioning that he can't hit lefties. Come on. We know what it was. <laughs> You're welcome, right. Reese. Yeah, we love you, buddy. If you want to come on the podcast. We'll see if we can make a room for you. We'll think about it. <laughs> All right. There's a decent chance to let you on. All right. Really quickly, one final thought. Jack, in their last 10 series, the Phillies 7, 1, and 2. 
very good. Let's go. Let's go. This is a team that might not go on 10-game win streaks. Can't do it. Right? <laughs> but they also don't go on 10-game losing streaks. And more importantly, they grind out series wins. And it might not be like super exciting, but that's how you get to the playoffs. Grind out series wins. So 7-1-2 and two in their last 10 is, is nice. That's nice. 7-1-2 and two, uh, winning series. Now, they were winning series last year. The difference is is that obviously this offense is better, and this team is only going to get better. And they're just more talented. I mean, look, last year at this time when they're winning series, we were saying, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're doing it, and that's fun. Let's keep rolling with it. This year they're talented. This year we expected them to be good. Right, and the, the defense is obviously not uh, an atrocity. So um, it's definitely it's definitely we can feel better. We don't have to lie to ourselves and talk talk ourselves into a Phillies team because I think this team is just scratching the surface. All right, my final, final thought. Important announcement. I love Reese Hoskins, obviously, because he's been here. He's our guy. I have him on both my fantasy teams. So, like, I have a very special place in my heart for Reese Hoskins, but a decision has been made. Wow. Andrew McCutcheon is my favorite Philadelphia Philly. I just love the guy. I talked to you about his smile. Yeah. I just, I I want to hang out with him. I want to be friends with him. I love watching him play. I love the way he goes about his business. I love his attitude. I really love having this guy on the team that I root for. And he's so he's so comfortable in his own skin that he'll like mess around with Joe West. Yes. And he'll he messes like, around with fans. He messes around like he's just like He's just cool. I man. mean, he hit the he hit the ball to the wall in Milwaukee, and he's doing push ups because he had warning track power. Yes. He's doing interviews. Uh, he's doing interviews, and he's like, "I love Bryce Harper." Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 cool. So uh, I, I I'm really like a hundred percent in. I know. I know. I'm glad. I'm glad we're getting this for. Like, obviously, he's, he's not as good as a 2013 Kutch, but but he's better than the guy the last couple of years. There's no question about it. And and he's like matured, and he's in a he's just. Fully confident in himself. I'm very in on this this coach. I'm glad he's here. Me too. Uh, we also we have to talk about this. We keep on forgetting to do this, but oh but, yeah, we keep on forgetting. Oh yeah, like a nice little end of the pod thing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. So this is a, a challenge to the listeners. People have asked for this. Yes, we've gotten multiple people multiple times. Now, obviously, we have some new listeners to the podcast. Yes, I mean the the podcast is growing. So for any thank new, you for any for any uh, rate. Rate and review yes, and subscribe. Help us out. If you like us, help us out. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, n- for, the, for, the, for the new listeners of the podcast, there was a, a vulnerable moment that, sure. that James and I had during the Bryce Harper. More you than me. I, was, I, I think I was pretty less vulnerable, but we were both pretty vulnerable. Okay. There was a, <laughs> there was a moment where one person on this podcast may have mentioned two people that can't close John Middleton, Hector Neris. <laughs> oh man, that take has gotten so much worse. <laughs> that take is out there. Yes. It was now it was never officially ushered on this podcast. No, because literally two minutes after he finished recording the Philly signed Bryce Harper, and it was all a podcast about how why haven't the Philly signed Bryce Harper yet? Yes. So, so yes. here's here's the challenge to the, the high. Long hopes. lost Bryce Harper podcast we like to call. The long lost Bryce Harper is never ever gonna sign here. <laughs> what are the Phillies doing podcast? It can be yours. It can be yours. All you got to do is help us get to 1,000 ratings on iTunes. That's it. That's all you got to do. Now, we're only at 250. We're 250-ish. We got a ways to go. But if you help us get to 1,000 overall ratings, doesn't have to be comments, although the comments are nice. Comments are nice. Jack gets really excited. He'll send them to me every once yeah. in a while. But listen, James had his face bitten off by a dog, and the thing, the only thing I was getting through that was the iTunes reviews true. that I was sending it's him. True, so Jack, just, just think about that. Making me smile, which hurt to smile, and I would do it anyway. Yeah. 
for the reviews. A thousand ratings, and we will release the Bryce Harper is never ever going to sign here podcast that was so crazy. And then two it's minutes emotional. Late, we were emotional. Man. Two minutes after we were done recording it. Bryce Harper was a Philadelphia Philly. Yes. So get your steal your grandmother's phone, steal your mom's phone, steal your friend's phone. Better yet, get them to listen to iHopes, but worst case scenario, steal their phone and rate the podcast. All you got to do is get it to 1,000. We don't care how we get there. Yeah, there there will be a prize at the end, and it will be that podcast. Also, uh, James and I are working on High Hopes Night at yes. the ballpark. It is going to happen. It's, Cindy Webster is helping us out, which means it's going to happen. Right, and we're, there's going to be tickets, probably as much as we want. Um, and uh, it's going to be a fun night. We'll, we'll try to have some fun stuff planned. The uh, first of many, the first annual High Hopes Night Ooh, Ballpark. Oh, I is, just got chills, Jack. I know, I know. It's gonna, it's gonna be our event. It's gonna be our event. Uh, looking forward to it. So look out for that and subscribe, rate, and review. Thousand, a thousand ratings, and we'll release the Bryce Harper podcast. And you'll make Jack so happy. It'll be totally worth it. All right, we'll be back on Monday. And for- maybe we're talking to Kylie McDaniel. <laughs> maybe, maybe. We already went like 50-something minutes as usual, so. So, yes, we did end up getting Kyler McDaniel on the podcast. It's just me interviewing him. Uh, James had to go home and take care of Zoe. Classic James. <laughs> Taking care of his daughter. Uh, here is Kyler McDaniel from Fangraphs. And now we're welcomed by my personal favorite draft writer, Kylie McDaniel from Fangraphs. Just put out mock draft 3.0 yesterday. You can follow him on Twitter at Kylie McD, Kylie MCD. Kylie, how's it going, man? Doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, obviously, the draft is coming up. I mean, Monday, um, it's an exciting time. I know it's an exhausting time for you, um, but we appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to talk to the listeners here on the High Hopes podcast uh, about the Phillies. And I just want to know, Kylie, what are you, what are you hearing the latest on uh, on 14 for the Phillies? I know you wrote uh, yesterday in, in the mock draft about how they're thinking Possibly going under slot, um, but you did mention that uh, that Rutledge would be the pick if he was there, uh, if he did fall to there. But also George George Kirby uh, was the guy that you projected to go there. So I just want to know what you're thinking or what you're hearing the latest at 14. Uh, yeah, I've had some conversations with people after the mock came out, and I think we did it again. We would probably still have Kirby go there. Um, there was some buzz that he could go as high as seven to the Reds. Uh, they had. I think five or six uh, scouts at Kirby's last start, which often is a sign when you have that many guys at one start that it's, hey, are we going to feel okay with this guy at this pick? Um, but it sounds like the Reds will not be taking Kirby, is the latest information. And if he gets past seven, then he'll probably, like the next spot where he could be taken is probably 14. Um, and I, I think he is the, the sort of player, and also specifically uh, the, the Phillies have been on him that they like. Um, Rutledge, I think, is probably their wish, uh, but it sounds like he'll either go 9 or 11, if I had to guess, possibly 8. Hmm. Um, and then also Gunnar Henderson has been uh, seen at least once, I think twice, by Pat Gillick, which is usually a pretty good indicator of a level of interest. Um, he has some interest in sort of that teens area, but it's just two or three teens, and I think he's more of a backup option, and I think he'll probably go more in the 30s. Um, so there's an outside chance that if they you know, are able to cut a little bit, uh, with the first pick, that maybe they could have enough money to maybe float Gunnar Henderson or another one of those uh, high school picks if they fly a little bit to the next pick. Now, what what makes Jackson Rutledge so special? Because he's a big guy. I mean, six eight's legit, but I mean, seems like he's a good mix of three pitches. Obviously, he's a JUCO guy, but for a JUCO guy to go top ten, that's kind of crazy. What what makes him so special? 
Uh, well, it, we actually read something about it on the site today where the two most recent comparables you can use to sort of um, plot a course for what his career could look like. Uh, one would be the one everyone sort of mentioned first is Nate Pearson, um, who was a Juco big yeah. guy, threw real hard from a couple years ago with Toronto, and he's sort of taken off. And the only thing that sort of slowed him down was he got hit by a line drive. It wasn't like an arm injury. Or it was an arm injury, but it wasn't from throwing. It was from being hit by a ball. Um, so that's obviously, you know, guys throwing 102, 103, depending on what gun you're looking at in the Arizona Fall League, flashing a seven or eight slider. Uh, some people aren't sure if he could start, but he's sure showing about as, as many of the sort of starter traits you could want with that sort of guy and that sort of high octane stuff, and it's had no arm problems. So obviously, that's kind of what you're hoping for. Uh, Relish is actually, I think, three inches and 30 pounds bigger and throws just as hard and has a better breaking ball as an amateur and also has two breaking balls. So he's actually pretty comparable for what Pearson has turned into as opposed to what he was as an amateur. And so that's kind of what you're hoping for. The other comparable, which is not as rosy, would be Tyler Kolick, which was looks right. like an offensive tackle, throws 100, <laughs> will flash you a breaking ball, and then the rest of it was work in progress, we'll see what happens. And basically nothing has gone right for Tyler Kolick since then. He's still big and throws hard, and that's about it. And that's sort of the risk when you're we're dealing with amateurs because they're not a finished product. Like no, you know, even Verlander and Lincecum didn't have changeups, and those became arguably their best pitches, or you know, close to their best pitches in the big leagues. And so they, you know, even those guys that go up real high and are relatively polished are still learning things. So obviously, a junior college guy that has huge stuff is not going to be a finished product. So you just don't know like which one of those trajectories he'll go more toward or somewhere in the middle. And his sort of issue is that he's had surgery on both hips. Um, and also, I mean, try to name an ace at 6'8". There's not a lot of them. Right. I can't think of one. I don't think there is one. So there's one of the issues which has come up with Andrew Vaughn this year is when you have a player that doesn't have a lot of comparables to point to, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> you just sort of find out later what the answer was. So if let's say hypothetically that Rutledge falls to the Phillies at 14. Should Phillies fans be ecstatic about that? Is that the best case scenario, you think? I mean, as far as, I'm not sure he would be the highest guy on our board. Uh, we're a little lower on him. We're a little more worried about the uh, the feel elements and some of the injury history. Um, to, I think we have him in like the late teens. So if you're going purely off of our board, I think there probably would be a higher ranked player available. But in terms of what the Phillies want and where he should go, I mean, I think that's probably as excited as they would be. And so I guess if you're a Phillies fan, you'd like to feel like you're one with the front office and the scouting staff like they'll yeah. probably be doing a backflip so maybe you should too <laughs> sounds good uh how would you how would you rank personally um uh alex manoa uh zach thompson and and george kirby how would you rank those three uh that i do not know how we have the rank currently i don't have our rankings in front of us but i think we may have flipped how we had those guys ranked <laughs> basically every time we update it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because they're all in that range where I think it's pretty consensus that Nick Lodolo is the best college pitcher, even though he probably won't go first, it sounds like. Um, and then those are probably the next three guys, um, along with Rutledge, obviously, so I guess the next four guys. Uh, I believe I would go Manoa and then, um, and then Thompson, because Thompson has some injury stuff in his past. Uh, and then Kirby, uh, his issue is he probably has the least stuff of the group and is probably the least physical, but has the best control and command and uh, at least as good a fastball as the other two. So he's sort of the high floor, lower ceiling type guy, whereas uh, Manoa and Thompson are sort of higher ceiling guys if they can um, you know, continue down the road. So, I mean, if I was lining him up right now, it'd probably be in the entire uh, draft. It'd probably you know, be between... 10 and 14 for all, for all three of them. So it's, you're kind of splitting here. It's more just sort of yeah. what flavor do you prefer. And I think I would probably take Manoa if forced to take one. 
because it's the biggest stuff, and I think he still has a chance to start. And uh, there's not much of a medical issue, and he's you know big durable guy. Uh, but it's, it's you're kind of splitting hairs at that point. Do you think that some teams could be scared off from Kirby because he kind of sounds like a mid seventies middle reliever that pitches for like fifteen years? <laughs> the name, uh, the name, yeah, George, well, the name George Kirby. Well, when you think of the name George Kirby, I just think of a like a guy that pitched in the seventies for like fifteen years <laughs> that was like a middle reliever. Yeah, no, that, that is that that is the uh, the image that is conjured up. Yeah, he, that, that's another one of those interesting things that uh, when you see the um, sort of research of because you know you could look back at a draft you know ten years back and say, oh, how do we pass on that guy? He was a big leader for fifteen years. Um, and the funny thing is when you look at the um, the research about how essentially guys' velo goes down a half a tick to a tick every year as they age, and the ones that stick around forever, you know, like the Randy Waltz or whoever it is, their velo continues going down, and they just learn how to pitch good enough to make up for that decrease. In, uh, in velocity, and it's almost impossible to guess which guys have like sort of the intangible ability to do that year after year, or like I mentioned, Verlander and Tim learning a new pitch. And oftentimes people think that like amateur command and control, which of those three Kirby has the best, that might be the thing that predicts that the most. And if you have that in a clean medical, that's the thing that'll predict if the guy will be able to sort of make all the little adjustments along the way. Um, so yeah, you could also make the case that he will actually be a 15-year big leaguer uh, because of some of the qualities he has, but obviously... If that would be like the right way to do it for a big population of players, it may not be the right one for just a small population of you know three or four pitchers we're talking about. Sounds good. I couldn't bring you on and not ask you a little bit about some Phillies prospects. Uh, Adam Hazley got brought up to AAA yesterday. A lot of people around here think he could be in the big leagues sooner rather than later. Uh, I just want to know if you've heard anything, some scouts on what they've seen from Hazley recently, and also last year, uh, the third overall pick, Alec Bohm, uh, off to a scorching start, got moved up to Clearwater. Just uh, what scouts are seeing from, from both of those guys yeah the reports have been uh, mostly the same uh, for over the offseason i think it'll be interesting to see if we see any swing changes because those were two of the candidates that uh when jason ochart was brought in as the hitting coordinator that is uh on more of the progressive end of things coming from driveline yep. that those were the two guys that i think scouts said oh these guys could be candidates for swing changes uh in in short sort of uh tapping into more power essentially um I haven't heard that there has been any like huge substantive changes, but a lot of times that will take you know a year or more to sort of have everything internalized and show up in games and be sort of second nature. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like the you know the tools and um, and the performance and things like that have all been about to expectations, and they seem to be about the same players based on the reports we had over the summer. Sounds good, Kylie McDaniel. Follow him on Twitter at Kylie. McD, MCD at the end there. Check him out on Fangraphs every day. Fangraphs is putting out something draft-related. Monday is a draft. Get excited. Kylie, thanks a lot for joining us. Yep, thanks for having me. And that's going to do it for this episode of the High Hopes Podcast. Shout out to Seltzer. Uh, shout out to Kylie McDaniel for joining us. We'll be back on Monday as hopefully the Phillies can be competitive against the Dodgers. Talk to you soon.